It's me, David Webb, and here's a highlight from today's show on Sirius XM Patriot. So the Biden administration, ah, pay close attention. Remember the Obama-Biden administration that built the, quote, cages for the children. They weren't really cages, as I've said before. They were constructed uh, detention centers, holding areas for the influx of illegal aliens. Well, that was the Obama-Biden administration, and they blamed Republicans for it, even though they did it. But now the Biden administration has erected a tent city in Carrizo Springs, Texas. Yeah, a tent city in Texas where it's not all cold, as Kevin said earlier. And it certainly will get hotter. And why? To handle the influx. DHS, Department of Human... I'm sorry, not DHS, but uh, HHS, Department of Health and Human Services plans to reactivate a temporary influx care facility and expand on it in Carrizo Springs, Texas, for the potential care of unaccompanied alien children detained at our southern border. They'll be able to accommodate about 700 migrant children. Capacity can be added as necessary. It will not house children under the age of 13, but as long as they've been cleared of COVID-19 quarantine requirements, they will be there. So cages were not okay, and tents are, and maybe reality is something they're starting to see of what's going on in our southern border. We have plenty of issues to deal with in our immigration system. That's just one of them. Now let's turn to a story you don't hear often enough. Legal immigration. Over the years, I've watched the numbers not change much. Right now, in the State Department timeline of people applying to come to America legally from all over the world, there are north of 4 million people. Closer to 5 million at times, but it varies as people withdraw, do not withdraw, various reasons. And the pandemic has changed that. But there are millions waiting to come to this country legally. So what if you take the time to go to noted universities like Harvard and Oxford, you work in the private sector, pay your taxes, do all the things right, no five languages, If you took no shortcuts when it comes to immigration and you simply wanted to come to America. Well, that picture is not often talked about because it doesn't fit the narrative. Christine Mikulajic joins me now. Her immigration experience, not the one you often hear about. Christine, good morning. Good morning. Good afternoon. I'm uh, calling in from London, England. Thank you for having me. And I'm glad you went with that because you would think, based on what I had just said to the audience, that you would be calling me from New York City or some other part of the uh, American lower 48. But you're not. Why are you still calling me from London? 
Uh, that is absolutely right. If I could, I mean, my heart is in America. Um, I came to America legally at 17 to go to college. The moment I stepped foot in the country, um, I fell in love with it. It's where I wanted to make my life. Um, but unfortunately, nowadays, um, merit is pretty much the worst way to come to America if you're trying to do it legally. Um, and, and, you know, for listeners to the show, the way it works is first you get a visa uh, that allows you to study or to work. Um, and then you get a green card. And that's the holy grail because that means, you know, you can stay and eventually apply for a passport. Um, and, you know, I spent 14 years following all the rules and, and trying to do everything right. And eventually my employer was able to apply for a green card and it was rejected. And it's really unfortunate because only 5% of green cards are given to people based on merit. Uh, 70% of green cards go to people who are related to or married to an American. And, you know, that makes sense. You should be able to bring in your spouse if, if they happen to be foreign. But if you want to come to America based on your education, your career, and your degree, the process takes decades and decades. You as the applicant, you know, don't even get to see your application. It's not like you can go down to the DMV and fill out a form. You've got your uh, employer who does everything through lawyers. So nowadays, you know, coming to America legally um, on the basis of, you know, your work and staying in America and becoming an American is, is virtually impossible to do in this way. Now, let me make sure we get this straight for the purposes of those listening who have no sympathy, predominantly those who we shall say not are on the right side of the immigration argument or right side of politically, and this is not a political argument, but they have that view. Are you some rich kid, you know, oh, you went to Harvard, parents had lots of money, sent you there. Uh, what's the background? What was an impetus or the impetus for you to love this country? What what was it that drove you here? Oh, my gosh. Well, my um, my parents had uh, fought and fled communist Eastern Europe um, and fled to Canada. Uh, to this day, they sort of apologize. That they, you know, didn't find a way to go further south. But um, I grew up in an immigrant household in Canada. Um and, you know, they, they put all their effort into putting me in the great schools and focusing on my education. And, you know, I wanted to go to the biggest, best place there was. And for me, that was the United States. And so on a sort of hope and a dream, I came to the U.S. I was really lucky to get um, admitted to what I like to think is the best university in the world. Um, and I was on uh, financial aid. So that was, you know, alumni who were taking money out of their own pockets to, to, to help with my tuition. Um, and I wound up, you know, studying America itself. I became kind of obsessed with it. I interned in the U.S. Um, you know, I, I've since sort of written articles about the U.S. I, I, my goal was to try to explain America to the rest of the world um, because it's often so misunderstood, and yet it is so wonderful and great. Um, so, no, I wasn't, uh, <laughs> I wasn't a, a sort of rich fun brat or anything like that. Um, I, I like to think it was the other way around, but, you know, that was a long time ago, and, uh, you know, I, I, it's a little bit, you know, unfortunate because there are a lot of students out there who want to come to the U.S., and, of course, you fall in love with the U.S. when you come here to study. Um, but, unfortunately, after you graduate, even if it's in the sciences, um, you know, or, or, uh, or, you know, other parts of the economy that you really want to grow, it's very, very difficult to stay. Um, and if you're from certain countries, like say you're born in India, then it's 
actually impossible because your waiting times are 80 or more years long. Yeah, you'd have basically have to start applying or maybe <laughs> as a precocious child in some cases to get into America by the time you retire. Uh, where are where Well, are that's you another funny your... irony. There okay, are children. Go ahead. Oh, sorry about that. No, no, go so ahead. There, um, you know, we talk about things like uh, things like children. And, and one of the really sad things that's going on right now that you know, neither administration has addressed is that if you are the child of legal immigrants and you live in the United States and your parents came to the U.S. legally, but they're waiting in line for green cards, when you get when you age out, you're not eligible to apply for the DREAM Act. You don't get protection from DACA. That's only for kids whose parents came illegally. So there are all these, you know, crazy contradictions, some of which seem to make it worthwhile to come to the U.S. illegally, which is, which is, you know, I don't think the kind of system anybody wants. Yeah. You, one place where any nation should be selective and choose the people that add value is certainly in immigration. So, where where are you now in your action, your desire? You've been denied, but are you going to try to get into America again, or uh, will you simply visit when you can? <laughs> well, I hate the idea of being a tourist in what I have always felt was my home. Um, but look, if somebody gave me a green card or a U.S. passport tomorrow, I would be on the first plane home. Um, but if getting a green card... Uh, means, you know, another 10, 20 years of waiting and, you know, not being able to pursue, you know, the job you want and being constantly subject to limits. I mean, if you're on one of these visas, for example, you can't also start a business and get, get money from that. You're not allowed. You're stuck in exactly where you are. You can't, sometimes you can't even get promoted because that would change, you know, a definition on a form. So that's not what America is about, right? You want to come to America for its freedoms and for the opportunities and, you know, to grow yourself, to contribute to the community. Um, so if I had to wait another 20 years to do that, that's, that's not what America is about for me. But if you gave me a passport tomorrow, I would be on the first plane out. To the people that are in that pipeline, as I mentioned, I've heard numbers, uh, pandemic aside, some withdrawals north of $4 million. You know, when you think about that and you talk mm -hmm. about things like India, you know, people from India that have an 80 year waiting list. First of all, that just makes no sense. Uh, but when you look at all yeah. of this and all the people waiting, what do you say to them? I mean, should they give up? Should they? I'm not saying you're giving up, but I take your point that 10 to 20 years just, well, isn't probably worth it. Yeah, it, 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 it's tough and it's heartbreaking. And just for the benefit of, of the listeners, when we're talking about people standing in line, we're not talking about people standing in line at the border. These are people who are you know, on the front lines of the COVID pandemic. We're talking doctors who are already in America, who are already contributing, who are very well integrated in the fabric of society. But they're in line for these, for these green cards or, and can't get a U.S. passport simply because of bureaucracy. But for all intents and purposes, you know, they're, they're a very much a legal part of our society. Um, and I think if you're in that position, it's, it's really heartbreaking. Uh, I think, you know, some people, and, and you're seeing that increasingly just consider other countries because, and, and this is really sad, right, because you've got people who are doctors, who, who are business people, you know, who made their careers here, and they're considering alternatives because, 
You've got other countries that have merit-based systems and points-based systems where the focus really is on rewarding people for their sort of careers and their potential. Um, you know, UK, Japan, Canada, they'll have, you know, maybe 66% of residency permits are given to immigrants based on, you know, their perceived sort of worth and contribution. And in America, it's, again, it's just 5%, which is, which is really staggering. Um, and I think for those people, it's a really tough call. You know, do you put up with leading the strange parallel life alongside your fellow Americans where you can never really be a part of this beautiful country? Um, or do you try to cut your losses? And if you've got kids, you know, how do you set them up for success? Um, it's, it's really tragic. You know, there's an element of this that doesn't get talked about. We kind of touched on it. You know, when you talk about the time to wait, I know people in America. I know uh, people from China, from other nations, whose parents have done everything to get them here legally, you know, getting them educated, getting them into the process. And in the case of China, I know someone whose parents said, don't come back. People are willing to go to lengths to give their children a future all around the world. Mm -hmm. and, and if we're such a hateful, wrong nation headed in the wrong direction, millions are trying to get here the right way every day. Absolutely. And look, it, I, I think America is a, is a great country. It's the best country in the world, you know, and who wouldn't want to be a part of that? For me, the question is, is, is for the U.S. to answer. What sort of system does America want? What does it want to reward? Does it want, does it want all this to be just a matter of whether you marry a U.S. citizen? Or should, should the process work on the basis of also considering what you contribute to the country? Um, and how much time have you spent in it? How well integrated are you? you know, what are you bringing to the table? How well educated are you? Um, and, you know, or do you want it to be random? Do you want it to be just a lottery? Do you want it to be bureaucratic? Do you want it to be, you know, an 80-year process and just reward time? I mean, that's very un-American. You know, America is about um, people realizing their potential and, and trying, you know, to pursue their happiness. Uh, and, and that, you'd think, would be reflected in the immigration system. But sadly, it's not. And, and what really sort of, I think, is heartbreaking is that, um, you know, all these folks really hope for reform. And certainly when, when I left the country, you know, I, I, every so often, every couple of years, you'd hear about immigration reform. But the focus is never on the immigrants that are standing in line. Um, and that's too bad. And just the rules get sort of worse and worse for those people. And but these are the very people that are most likely to sort of follow the rules and put up with it, because like you said, sometimes they don't have an alternative. Their parents don't want them to come back. Um, and sometimes, you know, they've, they've just decided that's, that's all they're ever going to get, and they'll just keep, keep standing and waiting. And I really wish that there were voices out there that looked at this issue and talked about it because it's, uh, you know, the, these are the kind of immigrants that can bring a lot and are already bringing a lot. Again, it's, it's sort of it's doctors, it's engineers, it's people who are already in America contributing. Yeah, and that's what will grow a country, any country. By the way, for the record, I'm still one of the biggest fans of GB Burger in Earl's Court, Gourmet Burger. So when I come over there, that's one of my oh, first wonderful. stops. So there you go. Christine, <laughs> thanks for joining me in your case this afternoon. Thank you. Thank you very much, David. A pleasure.
866-95-PATRIOT on my social media, David Webb Show. I'll be right back. You can join me live on the David Webb Show Monday to Friday, 9 to noon east on Sirius XM Patriot 125.